This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Elsewhere, it's a pleasure, a treat, and trust me, you'll enjoy it. Here, we might be talking about the COVID fever. We might see you later. to sit by the phone on a Friday night 
Maybe the call would come in to rescue Rabbi Sutter. And a young girl named Ethel Solomon volunteered to sit at the phone in a secured bunker like Miriam Hanaviyah She sat by the phone maybe, maybe to save the life of Rabbi Sutter. And 70 years later, Amatasio got up and he said, I am sure that the reason why he was Zayda to become the Mashkiach of the Lakewood Yeshiva is in the merit of the Mishra's Nefesh of his mother, who like Miriam Hanabiyah, Batesasab, Achoisoy, Meirachoy, Ladeo, Maiyeyatzalai. Friends, we don't understand the elevation, the aliyah that we have when we express concern, when we show heart for another Jew. You know, I have the opportunity a few times a year to lead a Jewish heritage trip to various places in Europe and other places in the world. I thank my good friend Rezef Brenner for, thank you Rezef for uh, connecting me this evening. And we went on a particular trip, went to Morocco last year, it was Parshat Bayezi, and they bring along the Sefer Torah, the Sefer Torah is like a mezuzah, it's a tiny Sefer Torah, and everybody knows that uh, there's an unusual phenomenon in Parshat Bayezi, Rashi says, Allah Parshat is a it's a sealed parsha. Typically, between the end of one parsha and the beginning of another parsha, you have a few spaces. The beginning of Ayahi is Sumalagamri. And the Balkhore could pasha, he could not tell the difference between the end of Ayahi and the beginning of Ayahi. And we're all familiar with the words of Rashi, Lama Parsha is Suma. Rashi says, when they Shekivan Shanifdar Yaakov Abinu, when Yaakov passed away, Nisimu. The eyes and the heart of the Jewish people were still shut because of the bondage. You know, we sort of take the words of Rashi for granted that the eyes and the heart of the Jewish people were still shut. Why does Rashi say that? Why does Rashi say that our eyes and our heart were still shut? Rashi should simply say we were brutalized, we were tormented, we were tortured. Why the emphasis on the eyes and the heart? And I believe I, I, the Rebbeinu sent me a matanim and hashamayim. Why Rashi emphasizes the eyes and the heart? Because we come to this week's parsha, and we're all familiar with the famous pasuk: "Vayikdal Moshe, Vayikzei Alachav, Vayar B'Sevloisam." Let's review the simple words of Rashi because they're treasures. Laid it in the simple words of Rashi. What does Rashi say on the Pasuk? Vayigdal Moshe, Vayetzei al-Echav. Says Rashi, Nasan, Enav, Belivoy, Leois, Meitzar Aleihem. Moshe Rabbeinu placed his heart and his eyes to feel the pain of the Jewish people. Ah, oh, now we know why you need eyes. Now we know why you need a heart. You need eyes to be able to see the pain of another Jew. You need a heart to be able to feel the pain of another Jew. So when Rashi says in the Mitzrayim that our eyes and our heart were sealed shut, Rashi just, doesn't just mean we were in pain. Rashi means that we were so overwhelmed with our personal difficulty that we didn't have the emotional wherewithal to climb out of our personal distress and see what someone else is going through and feel someone else's pain. And you know what, friends? We all know how it is in life. 
We know how it is when we have our own sorrow, our own difficulty. It's very hard to even look or think about somebody else. And that's a very big problem. Because that gets us into a very difficult cycle. Because if we don't have the wherewithal to see the pain of another Jew, and we don't have the wherewithal to feel the pain of another Jew, then God deals with us midah connected midah. The Rebunsham deals with us quid pro quo, measure for measure. And then Kibiyahal, the eye of heaven, says, well, I don't see your pain. And the big leave of Shemaim also says, I can't really feel your pain. Because if you can't see and feel the pain of someone else, then the Rebunsham deals with us the same way. And then as they say, Houston, we've got a problem. Because how are we ever going to get out of this mess? So comes Rabban Umayshiyam Shal Yisrael. Comes the Raya Mehemna, and the Rebbe is waiting for someone to break the cycle. And what does Moshe Rabbeinu do? Bayar Esed Loisam. Nosan Eino Delibah Yisneitzer Aleim. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm going to break the cycle. So Moshe Rabbeinu opens up his eyes. Moshe Rabbeinu opens up his heart. And then the Rebbe says, I've been waiting for somebody to do this for a very long time. Because when you open up your eye, and you open up your heart, then the Rebbe responds in kind. And the Rebbe looks down from Shemayim and he sees acutely what we're going through. And the Rebbe feels our pain very sharply. Friends, a few seconds later, listen to this. Vayar Eloikim es b'nei Yisrael vayeda Eloikim zakrashi nasan alehem leiv v'loyha elamina. Kela, simple Rashi. The Rambam says that's all it took. I just needed one man to open up his eye to look at another Jew. I needed one person to feel the pain of another Jew, and the Rambam immediately responded in kind. Nasan Aleyhem Leiv Veloi Helem Einam. You know, there's a big movement today, and it's a very important movement. Shmiras Vainayim. The Jew has to be very careful what they look at. The Jew has to make sure they only see proper images. But at the same time, you have to have your eyes open. What's the person next to me going through? What's he feeling? Can I make him more comfortable? Can I help him with something? Can I help her with something? Do they need help with their children, with their family, with their shiddah? Looking out, feeling what other people are going through. Mar Vraboisai in this week's parsha, HaKadosh Baruch gives the Shalom Aleichem to Moshe Rabbeinu. Did you know that until parsha Shemayis, the Rebbeinu never communicated with Moshe? And all of a sudden, the Rebbeinu comes to Moshe, Vayera Elav Mitoi Hasneh. Says Rashi, why is that? Hashem tells Moshe, Shalom Aleichem, do you know who I am? Hashem could have said many things. He could have said, I'm Shakai, I'm Svakois, I'm Aleichem. The Rebbeinu has many names. The Rebbeinu says, Moshe, Shalom Aleichem. The name is, Imoi Anoichi B'Tzara. That was the intro of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why is this the first message Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu? Because the Rebbeinu is telling Moshe, how are you going to get out of the mess? You know, how are you going to get out of this mess? When you feel the pain of another Jew. Because when you see and you feel, 
The Rebunner Shalom responds in kind. Come to Mashkiach, Ramatashiel Solomon. I'm going to tell you a word. When I hear this word, my soul quivers. It's really a remarkable observation. Does anybody know? Is the Rebunner Shalom ever referred to as the one who resides in the thorn bush? Who's Rebunner Oh, the Rebunner He's the one who resides in the thorn bush. Once, at the end of the Torah. The Yosef HaTzadeh. The Pasuk says, The Yosef HaMar. Mevoyrechet Hashem Arzad. Mimeget Shemayim Meyal. Umitahoyim Revetzes Tachas. Umimeget Gerash Yerachet. Who does this bracha go to? By the way, friends, it's a big bracha. You know, the best real estate in Israel is the land of Yosef. I know you want to invest here. I'm giving you good advice tonight. The most fertile, lush real estate in the land of Israel, Rashi says, Ein l'cha eretz b'voyreches k'moy arzloi shal Yosef. Why was Yosef zoyte to the best bracha of all the Shvatim? So the Mashkiach, there's a Balaturim. The Balaturim says twice in Tanakh we have the word Ule Yosef. One is at the end of the Torah. The other one is at the end of Horatius. The Yosef had children before the famine. But once the famine began, Yosef says, the world is suffering, I'm not going to engage in pleasure. So Yosef had children before the famine. Says the Balaturim, why was Yosef Zoycha the greatest bracha of all the Shvatim? Because Yosef was an imay anoyi v'tzara. Yosef said, if people are suffering, I'm not going to enjoy myself. Yosef felt the pain of other people. And the Balaturim says, I like that. That's my kind of tzadeh. That's my kind of nida. Says the Mashkiach Ramatusio. You know why the Yibbutzim is called the Shoichni Snah in the bracha to Yosef Atzadeh? Because the Yibbutzim is telling Yosef, you know why you got the bracha? You know why you hit the jackpot? You know why you want it big? Because you learned the lesson that I taught Moshe at the Thornbush. That it's important to be a Yibbutzim to the Zah. That that's the hallmark characteristic of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the hallmark characteristic of a Jew. To feel someone else's pain. And therefore, Who's giving it? The Ritzoyim Shoichni Sinan. You know, the Mashiach came to Leywood in 1997. He moved next door to a family, the Epstein family. Epstein family, they had kids the same age as Ramatasio's kids. They grew up together, they made simchas together, they were, they were almost like family. Ramatasio's daughter became a kala. Everyone was excited for the wedding, they were both families, the Solomon family, the Epstein family, everyone was going to be dancing at this wedding. Shortly before the wedding, Rabbi Epstein passed away. So now no, none of the family could go to the wedding. None of the Epstein girls could go to the wedding. And Ramana still told the family, okay, we're excited for our simcha. Nobody could say a word about the simcha in earshot of the Epsteins. It's not right. They're Babylon. The day of the wedding, the Epstein family comes home. There's a note on the door. To our dear 
family. Kindly do not make dinner this evening. The caterer is going to be coming to your house to serve you the wedding meal in your house because if you can't be at the wedding, but at least you'll be mishtatik because we're bringing the wedding to you. And then shortly after, the photographer came over because Ramatazio asked the photographer to develop the pictures at the time of the wedding so that they could also feel and be mishtatik a little bit at the wedding. So this is not just an idea that the Mashkiach taught, this is an idea that the Mashkiach breathed. This is the hallmark characteristic of a Jew. But there's an even higher level. There's a higher level than feeling the pain of someone else. Because did you know that when Hashem comes to Moshe and he says, Moshe, I have a great job for you. Moshe says, what would you like? Shem says, I, I, I would like you to take the Jewish people out of Egypt. So Moshe Rabbeinu Demersi says, Shlach Nabiyat Tishlach. What do you want from me? Give it to Aaron. <laughs> Who's Aaron? She says, Aaron was a Navi. Moshe wasn't a Navi yet. Aaron was a Navi. Does anybody know? When did Aaron ever say Nebuah? When did he ever receive Nebuah? So Rashi brings, you look in Cheskel, you look in Shmuel, the Rebbe comes to the base aliens, and he says, by the way, I told your Zida, Aaron, Akoyen, and Mitzrayim, to tell the Jews to get rid of their idolatry. So Aaron was already a Navi before Moshe. Anybody know how old Aaron was when he received prophecy? The man of says, Aaron had already been a Navi. For 80 years before the Rebbe ever said a word to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he had received Nebuah non-stop for 80 years. So Moshe says, you know, we never even spoke before. before. Why are you giving me the job? Give it to Aaron. So the question is, what did Aaron do? 80 years earlier, how old was Aaron? He was three years old. Aaron was a nothing from the age of three. What did Aaron do from the age of three? That he was like a And the answer is we only know one thing that Aaron had done. There's a very interesting passage that we read just this week. The passage says about Basia Bas Aaron that she sees Bateras Hayala. And they said, So again, the Balaturim is troubled. What is this kid? You know, it starts off by saying that he's a yelet, that here is a yelet. And then it says, And then it says, Is he a yelet or is he a nar? So the Balaturim says, We're talking about two different people. You see, Basri Baskara, he sees a baby. That's the Yelen. That's Moshe. Moshe wasn't the one crying. Who is crying? Says Balaturim. Aaron was crying. So now Basri says, let's do some detective work. The brother is crying. Must be the Archaim HaKadosh writes in his drushes. For a brother to cry over a brother, it must be a Jewish child. Only a Jewish child could cry for his brother. You know what Aaron Akhoyim did at age three? I still want to say to from Rabbi Shlema Arieli, the brother of Rabbi Arieli, Rabdumi Tatabuchim. We only know one thing that Aaron did at age three. He's able to cry for his brother. 
you should cry for your brothers. You have the heart necessary. You have the tools necessary for God to communicate with you. That's what Aaron Akoyim did at age three. We're in the wind like Aaron Akoyim. We're standing at the riverbank. The river, we'll call it the Atlantic Ocean. And on the other side of the river, we have brothers and sisters suffering in Eretz Yisrael. Are we going to be the Narboich at the very least to cry, to feel the pain, to feel the tsar? You can't just go a day, just walk around like everything is okay. At the very least, you have to be able to shed a tear, to feel the pain. You know what kind of an aliyah that will bring you? But did you know that at age three, even though Aaron Akain was a Navi, there's something he wasn't yet. There was something that it took him another 80 years to accomplish. Because 80 years later, Mashrabeinu meets Aaron and he says, Dear breather, guess what? I got a promotion. So Aaron says, what's, what, what's the promotion? Moshe said, Hashem asked me to take the Jewish people out of the train. And Aaron Hakoye mustered up the Taras Haleim, that he wasn't stingy, he wasn't jealous, the Racha, the Samach, the Levi. Aaron Hakoye was happy for his brother. Marv said, you know where that momentous achievement was accomplished? The That's the first mention of Harsinai. You think it was for naught? That the Rebbeinu chose Har Sinai. Whatever happened on Har Sinai, it's the Mokkayim that a brother rejoiced over the Simcha of another year. That's the place where the Rebbeinu wants to give the Torah. So what happened? Hashem says, you know, Aaron, you have such purity of heart. You are zayicha to wear the chayshen on your heart. You know, 80 years earlier, Aaron Akoyim was not awarded the chayshen on his heart. Why couldn't Aaron have the chayshen 80 years earlier when he cried for Moshe Rabbeinu? It says in Shorn Ariely, we see a very important lesson in human dynamic. It's not so hard to feel pain for another Jew. Someone's suffering, my heart goes out to you. Someone has a difficulty, what can I do to help you? It's a much higher level to rejoice in someone else's success. That's a very high mandrega. Human being has a certain jealousy, a certain stinginess. I'm there to help you. My heart hurts and goes after you. But if someone else is being honored, or someone else has a success, or someone else is having nachas in their family, it requires a very pure heart to feel unadulterated joy for someone else. You know, there's a big discussion. People like going to simchas, weddings, bar mitzvahs. What's the most important part of the simcha? Big is the kogel, the cholent. The most important part of the simcha is to feel happy for the balsam. That's why you go to a simcha. You could go to a simcha and you tell the balsam, you know, I feel happy for you. You go to the honoree, honoree, I'm happy for you. You deserve it. You look at the guy next to you. He has a beautiful mishlacha. He has nachas from his children. He has nachas maybe from grandchildren. Feel happy for that. That's one of the highest achievements you could accomplish as a Jew in this world. So I conclude by telling you, dear friends, I am happy for you. 
that you have such a wonderful rub and rubbishton at your home. You should enjoy them. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.